When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode, I talk with Dangerous Toys and Dirty Looks guitarist, Paul Lido. Paul gets us up to speed on all the current activity from Dangerous Toys, Dirty Looks, and his band, 99 Crimes. Of course, we hear some stories of the past. This is the 80s Glam Metal Cast. What'd you expect? But before we go any further, if you're watching this thing on YouTube, go down, hit the like button, and hit the subscribe button appreciate it also want to give a special shout out to my supporter kevin out there kevin thanks for supporting this episode my friend i know you're a big dirty looks fan you've been asking for paul here he is check it out all right well paul welcome to the 80s glam metal cast man how you doing tonight i'm doing great thanks for having me on oh man no problem so what's been going on you got any uh new music on the way you got any gigs coming up what, what have you been up to yeah, well, uh, Dangerous Toys has been firing back up. Uh, we were uh, in Houston a couple weekends ago, and last weekend we played uh, in Denver. Great. Uh, this weekend is um, Minneapolis for the Rocktember Festival. And then the weekend after that, the band I used to play with back in the 80s, which is called Dirty Looks, is playing um, a reunion show. Uh, now the, the lead singer passed away about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so this show is sort of in, in tribute, um, sort of paying homage to him and, uh, you know, the music that we made back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so myself, uh, Jack Pyers, um, on bass and Gene Barnett on drums all played on, um, the Atlantic albums, which was, um, cool from the wire and uh, Turn of the Screw. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll be uh, joined for that. Actually, uh, Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys uh, is going to sing that night. And then uh, a buddy of ours, uh, David Beeson, is uh, also going to play guitar. That's going to be a special night. Uh, and that's going to be in Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania, um, on September 18th. And that will be at the Sealands Grove Speedway. Nice. Uh, so, uh, and then Dangerous Toys has uh, dates going all the way through this year into, boy, I guess next March, uh, all over, including uh, the Monsters Rock Cruise, which is always a blast. Oh, uh, yeah. We've done that about four times now. And so this will be number five. Uh, that's always the greatest experience. It's like, uh, you know, it's a big festival on a boat. So, uh, I mean, it's fun playing the shows, and it's fun going to see all the other bands. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Now, this so um, like, show that you you tried to, you guys tried to do this back in uh, 2020, right? Uh, like a Dirty Looks reunion with Jason singing, and then the whole COVID thing happened. Is that right? Oh, it was, it was booked for, I want to say, you know, like March 18th or something, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I think everybody remembers uh, right around March 10th, you started hearing about stuff. And then around March, probably by March 13th or 14th, 
the whole world was changing. Yeah. And of course, uh, that, you know, all the dates just went away. Uh, Dangerous Toys had uh, a ton of dates booked, um, including M- the M3 Festival, uh, booked, uh, last year in 2020. And, you know, of course, that all, that all was a wash. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've been, we've been anticipating this, uh, for actually many years. So we even, uh, we tried to get, um, like a reunion show together, uh, back when Henrik was uh, still alive and, uh, it, it didn't work out, but, um, so, uh, yeah, this has been, um, something, uh, many years in the, in the making. So it's, and, but there's only this one date for, uh, for dirty looks. Mm. Um, only the one date is, uh, is booked. Does it blow your mind that, you know, all these years later that people are still discovering this album, still loving this album. Actually, going back to like the Cool uh, cool From the Wire album, does it blow your mind? It totally does. Yeah, it. Um, I, would, I wouldn't have ever thought that, you know, all these years later that uh, people would, would still care, but they seem to. And uh, so um, we're, uh, we're happy to play and, you know, revisit uh, these old songs like old friends, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so... So it'll be cool brushing the dust off of, uh, you know, about 30 years of dust uh, right. off of these songs. We rehearsed uh, last year for the show, and then we'll be rehearsing um, again before this show. So it'll be all nice and tight, um, and it's going to be a, a good long show. So we're really looking forward to it and excited about it. Are you playing mostly songs from those two Atlantic albums? Yeah. Yeah, those are the ones that uh, the all three of us all were part of. So uh, that's uh, that's the song choice for this this show. You know, on Twitter, um, got a lot of people that follow me and that I interact with that are you know really into you know eighties hard rock and heavy metal. And a lot of stuff gets tweeted out about Dirty Looks all the time. And people are always jumping in. You know, if that album cover is posted, people go crazy. Although that you know, Cool from the Wire is an amazing album. Or Dirty Looks, an amazing band. So. Like I said, it's I'm always used to seeing so much stuff about dirty looks because people just love you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so cool. I mean, that was uh, that album. Gosh, I was 23 years old and uh, found myself standing in the studio with Max Norman, who is uh, the producer for you know Ozzy. He did Crazy Train and you know the first and second and the tribute uh, Ozzy albums as well as. Um, He's uh, done a lot of other bands, including Dangerous Toys. Um, so he's produced a lot of different different bands. But um, standing next to him and recording that Cool from the Wire album uh, was quite an experience because you know I realized that at some point it was Randy Rhodes standing next to him. <laughs> right, right, yeah, that is wild. Okay. You know? <laughs> so it's like, okay, so yeah, I'm definitely not going to impress this guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys created a, a really, you know, kick-ass album. And, you know, when you read reviews or different comments, you know, there's a lot of, you know, ACDC comparisons. But I feel like there's a lot of other stuff in there, too. You know what I mean? it's uh, I feel like there's some Zeppelin and some uh, Accept and, and even, you know, a lot of more metal stuff than just, like, ACDC. There's a lot of, a lot of influences. What kind of influences did you bring to the album? Well, back to your... Back to the original uh, statement, um, yeah, I, when I joined the band, 
I first joined the band, um, I told everybody uh, I joined the band that sounded like Accept. Yes, there you go. Okay. Because <laughs> that's what I thought it sounded like. It did, yeah. I, and then the ACDC comparison, uh, I guess, came later. Um, the releasing uh, Oh Ruby, which was definitely ACDC-esque, mm-hmm. um, releasing that as, you know, the first video on MTV, uh, definitely pegged the band is like an ACDC thing because that was primarily what people saw. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, if people uh, were listening to other songs besides that, um, they would hear a lot of different things, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, kind of think I hear Aerosmith in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Some people have said that before, too, like an Aerosmith-ACDC uh, hybrid, which, yeah. you know, there's two of my favorite bands right there. Throw Van Halen in there, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're pretty happy. So. <laughs> when you look at the album uh, Turn of the Screw, once again, a lot of great songs on there. Um, yeah. I was reading about it. Now, Bo Hill was producing this, and then he was out. What was going on there? Was he kind of, did you guys feel he was watering down the sound of the band? Or It just um, wasn't clicking, I guess, for whatever reason, uh, with him. And then um, uh, we got John Jansen on board, and uh, he had worked with, like, Alice Cooper and a uh, bunch of other bands, and uh, he sort of provided I, what I think of as more of a raw sound. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a little bit more stripped down, a little more, a little more Highway to Hell, you know, with a real stripped-down kind of production as opposed to uh, you know, something that is uh, more produced. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it turned out uh, really cool. I like the I like the the overall sonic uh, stripped down kind of sound of that, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit different than Cool from the Wire. But I I think it works great for the song. Out of those two, do you prefer one over the other? Do you gravitate toward one? I personally, uh, I think there's some great songs on both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like. You know, just because of my experience level on the second record was, you know, I had quite a bit more experience. I feel like I probably, I like my playing better mm-hmm. on the second album. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, I think the first album um, is also pretty cool. Uh, I call it the first album. It's not the first album. Right, it's cool not. <laughs> uh, by, I mean, Dirty Looks has a lot of records. There was... One, two, uh, there was at least two um, before Cool From The Wire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a self-titled one and another album called In Your Face. And then uh, there's also an album released called I Want More, but I think that has some songs from each of those two albums on it. Mm-hmm. What happened in the 90s? Um, did did Dirty Looks just kind of fall victim to what happened with a lot of bands with, with grunge coming in? What was what happened? Did you get dropped from Atlantic? What, what was the story? Yeah, we were in California. We were doing production uh, for the next album, um, and we were going to go to the same studio that uh, Skid Row did their first album. And uh, so everything was all, all set to go for that. And then uh, all of a sudden, all the bands got right, dropped. Right, all right, of the right. hard rock bands got dropped all at the same time. Yeah, that was um, that was a tricky time. But then we um, we released an album uh, 
on Rock World Records uh, through David Krebs. Um, David Krebs uh, is a huge name in the industry. He managed, uh, well, Aerosmith early on. Uh, you know, he managed Aerosmith to, you know, the height of their fame back in, like, the 70s. And he managed ACDC back then. He managed Ted Nugent. So, uh, you know, he was this, this huge force. And uh, so he took a, a liking to the band. And uh, so we put the uh, Five Easy Pieces album out on Rock World Records, which was uh, through Sony. Nice, nice. And then did you stick around for any more? Or was it, were you out at that point? Or what, what happened with your time in the band? That was the last album. Um, we record, what is that, 92, I think. And then we toured that album through 93. We had uh, another video on MTV uh, for actually two of them off that album. We did, uh, I think, um, Five Easy Pieces and, nope, I'm wrong, just the one just the one off that album. So that was, that was 92. And then the band uh, sort of folded in, uh, in 93. And... Uh, as soon as it folded, then I was invited to uh, come to Texas to join Dangerous Toys, which I did. Now, did you know these guys prior in Dangerous Toys? How did this uh, pairing come together? Well, first of all, uh, they were just about my favorite band. And second of all, um, we knew them from uh, just being on the road. Um, one of the first times that we played uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, Dangerous Toys was playing one of their first shows of their L.A. Guns tour, and uh, we went to see them before um, before our show, and uh, that was the night that I met uh, Jason. So um, we kind of stayed in touch uh, throughout for the next uh, for the next couple years. And when they needed a guitar player, um, they called me, which uh, I was really happy about. Yeah, that's uh that's a nice gig to fall into, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Actually actually the way it worked was um when the right when the Five Easy Pieces album came out, they had asked me um to join at that time mm -hmm. and at that time I couldn't because we we're uh we were getting ready to go on Dirty Looks tour. So it was actually the uh then they um they asked me again after Dirty Looks um split up. I gotta ask you this. When when I look at a lot of the you know the albums that you've been on you know with Dirty Looks or Dangerous Toys, it'll say you know all songs written by the band or whatever. But as a writer on those albums, what was your contribution? Do were you more of like a music contributor, a lyric contributor? What did you contribute to both of those projects, Dirty Looks and today to Dangerous Toys? Both music, a little bit of lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, primarily, uh, primarily you know music and ideas and you know arrangement ideas and things like that but um yeah for the most part uh for the most part the music but you know every once in a while you know Henrik would ask me about lyrics or throw some in for uh, dangerous toys as well let's talk about your band 99 crimes and i gotta say uh you know i've i had listened to you've got a couple new singles that you put out in re, you know recent years and I, I listened to those and then i went back and i listened to the whole album from 2019 man that album is really good. I, I like it a lot. It's a lot. It's actually different than what I was expecting. I kind of was expecting, you know, I was expecting more like dirty looks and dangerous toys, and it really doesn't sound like that. Uh, and the other thing is, is your voice, man. You got a great voice. Have you always been 
a singer or, or is this something you've been working on in recent years? So let's talk about the singing. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I've always been, I've always sang and, uh, you know, I've fronted uh, several bands uh, over the years. And so it's, it's something I was real comfortable with. And uh, yeah, I love, love to sing. I think the singing was a big part of me getting hired uh, both for Dirty Looks and, and Dangerous Toys. Mm-hmm. Um, because they both needed, you know, strong backing vocals. So, uh, yeah, so my love for singing um, kind of um, came in handy for that, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You always need, a, you know, especially with, uh, you know, good, powerful rock, you got to have a powerful uh, background vocals for the choruses, for sure. Yeah, and then 99 Crimes, just being a trio, you know, that's, that's real, uh, you know, real out in the open, like, you know, everything you do, every, people here, there's nothing to hide behind, you know what I mean? Right, right, so exactly. I, I kind of I kind of like that. So you got two singles out um, that were put out last year, Wolf Blood Moon and Chasing the Dragon. Will these end up on a, a new 99 Crimes album, or are you just doing singles at the moment? Where are you guys headed? We would like to uh, put out an, another album. Um, I mean... These days, it seems like uh, the whole uh, you know, putting out an entire album seems to be uh, not as common. Um, but uh, you know, it'll remain to be seen whether it'll be you know an EP or another full album or mm-hmm. or singles. But we do have a, another song still in the can um, that hasn't been released. Who are some of your, um, I know you mentioned a couple of your influences, obviously you liked, uh, you know, uh, ACDC, except Van Halen. Uh, what are some influences that you see coming out in 99 Crimes that maybe have never come out in other things that you've done? Mm, I think the, uh, I think there's, you know, elements of probably Van Halen and Aerosmith and uh, a lot of people say they heard, you know, elements of like Dio in there, mm, which, okay. uh, you know, that's always been a big one for me. Um, so uh, I've always been a big, big Ronnie James Dio fan and uh, met him once and he was really nice. Somebody else said uh, uh, Loudness and they mentioned some song that um, really? I wasn't familiar with. <laughs> but I love Loudness. I love Loudness too. Yeah, no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love you Loudness. Know? Yeah, love him. Uh, other than, you know, trying and failing miserably to sound like Aerosmith. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any other intentional, um, you know, influences. I think, I feel like I'm always trying and failing to write Aerosmith sounding songs. <laughs> then they end up sounding like something totally different. When you, when you look back at this whole experience, especially with Dirty Looks you know, in the 80s, I mean, you got to be on a major label. You got videos that were on MTV. Uh, it's got to make you feel good. Even though Dirty Looks, let's say, didn't get to the, the heights of popularity of, say, like Motley Crue or Death Leopard or somebody like that. I mean, you made it pretty damn far, and you accomplished a lot of things. You've got to look back at that time period and be proud of what you guys did. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I still, you know, I understand the odds of, you know, something like that happening. Yeah, I consider myself to just be really, really lucky. You know, of course we. I felt like Dirty Looks is one of the harder working bands, uh, 
that I knew before we got signed, you know. The other bands were kind of just playing locally, and mm-hmm. and we were touring up and down the East Coast, hardcore, and, you know, making five bucks a day uh, each. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we were the road crew, and but even, even still, you know, we even had a, a very realistic idea of the chances of success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so when we... When we were signed to Atlantic, uh, that was really, really, really cool and really, really exciting. I feel like I've been skipping all over. This is unusual for me because usually I follow a timeline, but I'm skipping all over the place. Okay, let's get back to right. da- let's get back to Dangerous Toys. So the majority, let's just say, of their popular output was was created before you were in the band, right? But you've got, but you've got to play it all live. Is there a song of theirs that that you do? You have a favorite Dangerous Toys song, or a few songs that you enjoy playing live? Yeah, I like um, Bones in the Gutter. Has always been like one of my favorite Toys songs. Yeah, that's uh, a great one. So every single time that one comes up, um, um, I'm excited about that. It's crazy because I remember having the first Dangerous Toys album, and and you know obviously you know all the, all the singles and stuff that were on MTV. And then I don't know. I remember a little bit of of the of the Hellacious Acres, but I don't think I ever owned it or anything. So before I interviewed Jason, I went back and I, I listened to it. And man, I, I was loving it. I think I liked it better than the the debut. And it was funny. There were certain songs that were really catchy. And then he was like, you know, we don't even like those songs. <laughs> With the labor, the label made us play those songs or something like that. And I was like, wow, th- those are fu- those are really cool, catchy songs. We play line them up um, almost every show. Mm-hmm. I think there was one though. I want to say um, Black and Blue Valentine or something like that. He was like, oh yeah, we don't we don't like that song. That was a song that that the, the label well, had us do. They, they brought in yeah, that was uh, a collaboration with an outside writer. <laughs> so I think um, it doesn't feel like a, a toy song to them. Yeah, it's funny though, but how like an outside, you know, an insider has that, you know, for them it's like, geez, I don't like that because you know that we were, that was forced on us. But then the listener sometimes doesn't know this stuff and just li- likes it because hey, hey, this is a really cool catchy song. I'm kind of a sucker for for catchy tunes. So for me, if it's if it's heavy and it's catchy, I am too. I love and, it. And, yeah, I like that one too. Popular songs. Um, well, certainly the most popular uh, would be the first Dangerous Toys album, um, you know, that had a lot of the hits on it. Right. And then uh, Hellacious Acres, um, the Pissed album, um, we still play songs from that as well. Uh, that's the third album. Yeah, that's a and, cool one. Uh, that's, it's a little that's, heavier, a little heavier than the other ones. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, and that that's the first one um, that I played on. Shortly after I moved uh, to Texas, that one was recorded. Yeah, well, that, that's a and cool one. followed by, and then in, uh, so that would have been '94, early '94, and we toured all of '94, and then uh, it was like in '95, going on '96, uh, musical climate began to change quite a bit. Oh yeah, big time. You know, I mean, it had started in '92, but by you know by by '95 or '96, well, for one thing, we didn't have any interest in writing anything that sounded like uh like the first album and you know there was really no demand for anything that sounded like that either no not at that point Uh, so we uh we just wrote with only one one rule and that was nothing that sounds like the first album but other than that anything goes um 
and that ended up being the fourth album. And after it was, or while it was being mixed and stuff, uh, the producer was, and we were all kind of saying, uh, wow, this, you know, this doesn't even sound like, you know, anything like anything Dangerous Toys has ever done before. Uh, so that's why it was referred to as the artist formerly known as Dangerous Toys. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was cool. And it's obviously kind of like a little pun on what Prince was doing at the time. So, yeah, that, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. It was actually uh, the his Love Sexy album. <laughs> right. um, with, the, with the clown. Yeah, I with, <laughs> with, yeah, with the clown, which is really kind of creepy looking, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's. That album cover is just a little bit uncomfortable, I always thought. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. I remember when it was out at the time thinking it was hilarious. So, yeah, I, th- I think that was that yeah, well, yeah. Played, and, and man. well played, man. Uh, there's almost nothing you could do right, you know, no, uh, yeah. for a, a, no. band, a band like Toys. For many years, we would play, uh, you know, a handful of shows throughout the year. And uh, that's kind of what we've been doing um, since, uh, oh, since, I guess... 96 and 97 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so we've been the band's been active consistently you know all the way for the last 33 years i guess but um as far as like hardcore touring um that sort of stopped in you know the later 90s what do you think you think there's another uh there's potential for another dangerous toys album oh yeah definitely it's it's in the works mm-hmm. um there's uh there's a whole bunch of songs that are written and uh, we're in the process of writing some more. So um, uh, everybody's real spread out. So it's a, it's kind of a slow process, mm-hmm. but um, it is it is progressing. Yeah, um, and it's going to be really cool. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that. Paul, it's been great talking with you, man. Um, what do you want to say to all these people that have been following you all these years? Oh, just uh, want to say thanks so much for. Um, you know, sticking sticking with me and and uh, being interested in in anything I have to do, and uh, I really appreciate it. Well, I'm telling you, I'm gonna put a link to the 99 crime stuff in the description of the video. You guys gotta check it out. It's fresh, new rock stuff that you haven't heard a million times. You're, you're gonna love it. So my, my recommendation is to check it out. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, hey, hey, we, I know we talked a while ago, and I'm glad we finally were able to put it together. And uh, I wish you lots of luck with all the shows you've got coming up, and especially that Dirty Looks one, because I think a lot of people will be interested in that. And hopefully you can do some more, you know, because I think people would love to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it as well. And, you know, you never know. We might, might, do, uh, might do more after that. We'll see. All right, Paul. Hey, man, have a great night, buddy. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having me on the show. Yep, take care, man. Well, that was awesome talking with Paul. Hey, we've still been jamming a lot on this channel, too. We just did a cover of Motley Cruz, all in the name of. So make sure you check out that one. It's in the description. Check that thing out. Hit like, hit subscribe, and rock on!